We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Warren lets it fly. Yes. T.J. Warren is not human. Ranger catches, shoots for three to win it. He hits it. To go. Brogdon for three. Let's Got go. it. O'Neal drives on Yao, puts it in. Duarte for three. Boom, baby. Anthony attacks. Hibbert denies him at the rim. Karis LeVert. People don't realize how good he really is. LeVert. Skies high for the jam. Stevenson passes into Sabonis for the basket. Jackson turns, fires, and hits. Oh, wow. Turner bringing that smoke. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits! This is TJ McConnell, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Pacer Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. And what a turn of events. The sky was falling after the Nuggets lost. But the Pacers shocked the entire NBA world and Pacer Nation, getting a 111-100 win on the road against the Utah Jazz, one of the best teams in the NBA, Fachi. What a whirlwind of a game. My God, Alex, this game had it all. So much can change in just 24 hours. It looked like the sky was falling. And next thing you know, the Pacers served the Jazz their first loss at home. What a win for the boys. What a win for the boys. And what a game from Malcolm Brogdon. Once again, just huge in this game with 30 points. TJ McConnell and Keelan Martin off the bench a.k.a. Eminem, they just absolutely dominated in their in their role. And then, I think we got to start here, Fachi. The fourth quarter, Miles Turner blocks Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is falling down. He grabs Turner's shorts. They get into it. Technicals are assessed. They're both ejected. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, they get involved in it. They're both given technical fouls and ejected. Pacers just absolutely were the more mentally tough team tonight, and what a fantastic moment there from Miles Turner. I have never seen him look like that in my life, Fachi. Since I've been watching him since he's been a rookie, he was coming for that. He wanted all of that smoke, brother. He wanted all of it. This four, this fourth quarter had a healthy dose of drama, and I loved it. 
I mean, when Miles got that block, you can't tell me when it came down to it and Gobert brought him down that it was like a, oh no, I have lost too many defensive player of the year titles to you. I am not going to take this tonight. Miles stepped up, showed toughness. That was the toughest I've ever seen him be in any moment. And that is exactly what we have been talking about, what this team needs to get tough. And they had it in that moment, like you mentioned, double technicals, they're ejected. But from right there, the crowd was rocking in Utah and the boys did not let up. They still got the job done. They closed it out. I mean, this game had a little bit of everything. It was a fantastic game, Fachi. And it's exciting to watch this type of effort. I tweeted it out earlier. I said, the only frustrating thing is, why does our team play this good against you know, Utah, but they couldn't play this good last night or even a half the, half this good against Denver. It, it's just funny to see how things change. And, and you look at it, Sabonis got into early foul trouble, came back in the second quarter and actually had a pretty good second quarter, really was not effective in the fourth or the third and the fourth, not a very good game from Sabonis, but just an incredible team effort. So many guys stepped up tonight. Chris Duarte hit some huge shots. Keelan Martin was on fire. TJ McConnell, Really got things going in that first half with Malcolm Brogdon. Miles Turner really just setting the edge. And I'm, I'm telling you what, man, this Utah Jazz team, Rick Carlisle said it before the game, they are a championship-level team, and we just took them out at home, and that's not an easy thing to do, let alone we talked about it. This is a brutal game. This is a scheduled loss. What do the Pacers do? They go out and just shock everybody 111 to 100. I'm still just kind of shocked by the outcome of this game. Uh, I think we should just let the cat out of the bag a little bit here, Fachi. We had done a, a recording previously before before tonight's game. We were just going to include a recap of tonight's game with our previously recorded episode. But we scrapped, we're scrapping all of that because this win was so unexpected and, and so important to talk about because I, I think this could really be a nice tone setter and hopefully get these guys a little bit fired up to uh, come home and play the Sixers on Saturday. Alex, if you weren't going to let them know, I was going to have to let them know because we had to scrap the full thing. I mean, it, that episode, it seemed gloomy. It, it seemed like, what is this team going to do? They can't close out this. They can't do anything right. Well, tonight they responded. This was, like you mentioned, a scheduled loss. The back-to-back against Utah, the team that had, you know, the best like, I mean, they've had the best record in the NBA recently. They've been, what you mentioned, a contender, undefeated at home, whatever it is, you name it. Defensive player of the year, numerous times, Rudy Gobert, you got Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you had it all. It, it all would have added up to this isn't going to be the Pacers' night. But for whatever reason, they responded. Maybe they felt like they had to finally wake up. We've talked about it a little bit. that This team's been playing defense lately. They have. They just haven't been able to put together – a game and tonight you know you mentioned a few of the guys tj mcconnell was electric tonight unbelievable points eight rebounds the five assists this guy was hustling back and forth to get these crazy steals and just everything you could the rebounds he was coming out of the bushes i mean you would see him diving around and it was like how did mcconnell get that one just kept keeping possessions alive keelan martin it was either nine or ten points in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was huge. And I love the fact that Carlisle kept him out there at the end of the game because he deserved to be out there. So this was, this was a team effort, but once again, another reason why 
you just you gotta just say it. We missed Malcolm Brogdon like no other. The Pacers are a much more dangerous team with Brogdon out there. I mean, cool, calm, and collected. 30 points, nine rebounds, four assists, just one turnover. The Pacers protected the ball as a team, just 10 turnovers tonight. I loved it. Yeah, I think if you look at the rebounding differential, Fachi, that's where the huge that's the biggest difference in the game right there, Fachi. They had just 37 rebounds for the Jazz, 53 for the Indiana Pacers, 15 offensive rebounds compared to just seven from the Jazz. And, and percentage-wise, you know, the Jazz had a little bit better from two, but the Pacers were much better from three, shooting 35.5% where the Jazz were just 28.1. This game was really, you know, really chippy. The Jazz fans got super electrified once three of their starters were ejected or two of their starters and Joe Ingles off the bench. Seven technical fouls were assessed in this game, Fachi. Oh. It, it, it was quite, quite different than what we're seeing. And we've been talking about it. This team needs a dog. This team needs an edge. This is the first time tonight that I saw a little bit of an edge from the Pacers, and it started with Miles Turner. Let's just talk about that little snarl and that little glare he gave Gobert, and the, the camera caught it perfectly. He was so intense. I've never seen Miles Turner that intense before. Absolutely loved it, and I really feel like for so long, you know, Miles Turner has been inconsistent. He's been a guy that we've been waiting for to take this next step. A lot of people said he doesn't have it, and I, I've heard the saying "monster Miles" multiple times throughout his career, but. I think that monster was finally unleashed, and tonight we got to see the true version of Monster Miles. He's become a new person lately. He has the confidence, has been showing, and it's amazing because when that confidence is showing, he's at his best. And this was a game that, I mean, sure, he didn't score uh, 40 points or, or, or 25 points, the other one, but he was impactful in this game. He was a plus 11. I mean, the three blocks, he did exactly – Everything the Pacers needed him to do, 13 points. So he showed some offensive, you know, five of seven. He was efficient, three of four from three. I mean, the nine rebounds, he's been a consistent rebounder. But the not backing down Rudy Gobert, it, it, it was the, the final stamp on it. It was the seal of that. This is not the same Miles Turner from the past. And it, it's been amazing to see. He's brought it on a nightly basis. And, I mean, it's just everyone's going to have off games defensively. I mean, offensively, defensively, he has not. So it was huge in a game where you really needed to respond. That's exactly what the Pacers did. And uh, I didn't think it was going to be that way in the beginning of the game, but Hey, they finished all throughout the rest of the game, right on top of the jazz before that, that lead just grew and grew in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, I think there was just a lot of good things tonight. We saw from this Pacers team. Once again, just just really good to see them get this victory, especially, like we said, scheduled loss. We're not supposed to win this game. And all in all, I'm just sitting here in awe of how, how they did it. You know, had a had a pretty poor performance from Domas, like I said. Not a great night for him, just to attend from the field, which is not something you really see from him very often. You know, Chris Duarte, 5 of 14, not a great efficiency, but he made some big shots when he when he did take them. But McConnell, I mean, th this guy has been on a phenomenal run, Fachi. I think that he's got to be up there for a player of the week conversation for next week because what he did this road trip, uh, I mean, the Pacers easily were in all four of these games. They could have went 4-0 and on this road trip. And I think a lot of it has to do with the play of T.J. McConnell, who really set the bar high. McConnell, I mean, I, I feel like I owe this man an apology. We were one week into the season, and I was 
doubting him. I know many yeah. people were, but TJ McConnell has been unbelievable lately. What he's brought to the court night in, night out, I mean, for basically since the, the start of November has been absolutely insane. Alex, we're talking about 31 assists in this month to just six turnovers. That's basically a, a five to one ratio. I mm. mean, that is phenomenal. This man, this is TJ the scorer. This guy, I mean, we're talking about the last four games, not only in double digits, the last four games, he scored at least 16 or more. That is not like McConnell. I mean, offensively, the, in the month of November, he's shooting 62%. I mean, there's not one thing across the board that McConnell's not doing well. And, I mean, he's been phenomenal. And like you mentioned, a major reason that the Pacers have been able to get back on track and go 4-2 and two this month. Yeah, no, there's no way around it, Vach. He's been he's been fantastic. And you know, as I was laughing, I was giving some Mal I was giving Malcolm Brogdon some praise on Twitter and, and our good friend Sharon. He was like, he's had like three turnovers already. If he could quit turning over the ball, and I was like, he's got one. Like, can we just like calm down? I, I get that Brogdon isn't everybody's favorite player, but what Brogdon brings to this team is something that you can't replace. When he's not out there, you said it, you realize the the absence of, of Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon because of how good he can be. So I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the team bounces back after this win. I'm interested to see what Coach Carlisle is saying in the postgame press conference. We record, we're recording this right after the game, so we didn't get a chance to listen to the uh, media availability. But, you know, um, we'll, see how, uh, we'll see how this all unfolds in terms of how they respond to this. But get some rest, get home, and, and take care of business against Philadelphia. But Fachi. Just, just real quick, do you agree at all that it's frustrating that our team can't play at this level every night or at least just, like, close to it? It is very frustrating because they're capable of – I mean, we talked about just how hard the schedule is, so you want to try and give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. But this team, like, if they have potential. When people say, like, oh, man, this team sucks, it's like, no, they don't. Like, when, when, you, when you're eventually going to add T.J. Warren, Karis LeVert, Isaiah Jackson to this team – it could be a very good team, but for now, we're working with what we got to, to play not only – I mean, they played past the level of the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz are a great team. They really are a really good team. But tonight, the Jazz played down to the competition while the Pacers really played up. They, they, they utilized, I mean, just about everybody. I know Shea Brissett didn't get in. Brad Wanamaker didn't get in. But you saw a lot of guys step up, and uh, they had to. They had yeah. to respond. And even on a night where Sabonis was in foul trouble all throughout the game, the Pacers didn't use it as a crush. It was a next man up thing. It was, who else can we do? I mean, Goga came in there. We saw Goga early on. The man played six minutes, picked up four fouls, but he was going hard out there. He was trying to just steal whatever he could, just, just, just get involved in everything. I mean, it was just a guy that you saw he wanted it. Of course, you don't want him to foul out and, like, basically, you know, a handful of minutes, but it was just great to see him out there. Torrey Craig playing defense. I got worried in the beginning. Donovan Mitchell, you know, had, he had 11 points in the first six minutes. He finished with 26. That, that, that's a victory, you know, where I'm coming from. And I know none of this had even anything to do with your question, but that's just <laughs> how hyped I am. After this win, I did not expect this. And just when you think you're out, 
the boys, they, they, they reel you back in. And just like that, like you mentioned, no one beat against Philly. Bring them on. I, I, I'm hearing a little rasp in your voice, Fachi. Is that because you're tired or is that because you were screaming at the TV during this game? Oh, I was supposed to be asleep a while ago, but when the Pacers are playing, I do everything I can to stay up as long as I can. And on a night like tonight, I mean, guys, just so you know, I went – Earlier, I said, Alex, I don't know if I got it in me tonight. Like, it, it, it's a late one. I'm going to try and watch the game in bed. Once once Miles and Rudy Gobert got into it, I said, I'm coming on. And and he was like, let's go. And, and that's just – that's the excitement of, of, of loving this team. When things are good, man, they are great. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> – I was laughing because you're like, you're going to have to do this on your own. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay – are we going to blow it in the third quarter? Are we going to lose it in the fourth quarter? I really wasn't sure because my expectations are not high right now of this team. I don't think they should be. And I was like, okay, we'll see what happens because we had a, a lot of episodes that we had already recorded with a new segment that we were going to introduce, but we're just, we're just going to scrap everything. And, and when all this stuff happened, I knew when I didn't see Gobert and Miles back in the picture right away, after Miles had that block, I saw Gobert kind of fall down, Miles right there in the corner of the camera before it panned over to what was happening on the Jazz's or the Pacers offensive side of things, I knew something was happening. And then all of a sudden you, you saw that scuffle happen. And so I was like, Oh man, I don't know how Fachi's going to miss out on this. Like he's got to come on. And sure enough, you messaged me. You're like, Oh, we got to record. So I was happy to hear because I knew you'd be energetic and oh, I yeah. can tell you're tired. You're tired oh, yeah. for it's sure. Like- <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I've been up early this week, too. But you know, at the end of the day, man, staying up late for these games, I'm just glad they haven't been like 1030 tip offs. Nine o'clock is much more manageable than 1030. But really, just uh, what a what a win. I, I am just speechless right now. I'm rambling because I, I can't believe that we actually won this game. It is the most impressive win by a landslide early into the season. Absolutely. I mean, it's crazy when you when you go through the wins of this Pacers team. I mean, uh, we know that the schedule has been hard, but like we beat the Heat. You know, it's like, OK, they're, they're, they're a contender this year. We beat the Jazz. They're a contender. And it's like, look, I'm not going to get too carried away with Sacramento. I know they started out well. The Knicks, they're a playoff team. I mean, look, we beat some pretty decent teams. The problem is everybody that we played has been a, a pretty good team, you know. So uh, once we get through this this hard stretch Pacers should be healthier, but you say that with a grain of salt. But the schedule should get a little bit lighter. There's hope, man. There's hope at the end of the tunnel, guys. No, there really is. Fachi, I I, I know we got to wrap things up here for this, but we, we do have another segment that we did pre-record. We had Zachary Barnett come on. We recorded this around 5.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time here on Veterans Day. So he, he came on, and we're going to do a new segment on our show every week where we're going to bring a fan on of setting the pace and just kind of get to know them a little bit better and, and, and figure out what they like. But, you know, I, I, before we go to that, Fachi, are there any final thoughts that you have on, on tonight's game? Man, just what a win, a win that you had to have, because here's the thing. A lot of people didn't expect to win this game and the Pacers very well could have lost this game. And I think people were, were ready to just say, man, just, just blow it up or make a move. You know, it, it's not going to be this year. What are we waiting for? Like, we're never going to get healthy. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. But a win like this has you then thinking, oh, man, it's early in the season. You, we get Levert back for, you know, maybe the next game, maybe the following, all of a sudden, it's like well, things are coming together. We heard the TJ Warren, you know, 
potentially end of December, July, you know, I mean, January timeframe. It just feels like there's hope around the corner. But last thing, as you mentioned to the fan of the week segment, guys, we want to get to know you. We're looking to pick a fan every single week. So could very well be you. Hope to be chatting with you soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to say, you know, you said hopefully this calms fans from freaking out. But if we lose the Philadelphia, fans are going to be, oh, this team's terrible. We can't oh, say uh, it's a it's a How's roller coaster ride. It's a yeah. ro- it's a roller coaster ride, and we have to live in the moment. So that's how we're going to react. But I will say this real quick: if you think about this whole Gobert Turner thing, this has been brewing for a while. Beef. Uh, we have been talking about this probably since what was it, 2019, 2020, when Miles played for Team USA. And he basically said he thought he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. And then he went out there to play with Team USA against France, and Gobert just dominated Miles on both ends of the floor that game. Popovich ended up pulling Miles out of that game, and they went a little bit smaller to try to match it. And and they did a little bit better without Turner on the floor in that game. And then since then, you know, you've always seen them play physical against each other, but it was nothing like tonight. I mean – Turner was just waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, you could tell Turner was licking his chops every time he could get a chance to go out there and block Gobert. And look, he he sees Gobert in front of him as a defensive player of the year, so he has to make a statement, right? You know, I don't know what it is about Rudy Gobert, but it seems to be that he it seems to me that he is not well liked around the league. Obviously, what he did during the pandemic, where he touched all the mics, like that was a little bit off color or, or, or whatever you want to call it. That was a little bit odd from him to do that. But go back and look at the all-star drafts with LeBron and Durant, mm-hmm. making sure Gobert is the last pick in the draft. And it's so it's kind of disrespectful because I still think Rudy Gobert is a really, a really good basketball player. But uh, there's just not a lot of respect for him around the league, it feels like, from the players. So I, I, I absolutely love to see Miles get the better end of this, especially on the Pacers side of things, because when, when you see your guys – Scrap like that, I mean, no, it wasn't nearly as physical as it was in the 90s, but it reminded me of that that level of intensity. Hey, we're not backing down, and, and it feels like there's just something brewing. You know, we had the Jokic-Morris thing on, on Tuesday night or Monday night, whatever it was, and now we have this on Thursday. Maybe there's something in that altitude, Fudge. Hey, maybe there is, but I could tell you this was pure, like, get up at the top of your seat thing. I mean, I was laying in bed all of a sudden. I moved all the way up when I saw that, and I didn't know if anything was going down or not, if it was going to escalate, and things never really do. So this is as good as it gets in terms of an on-the-court melee, you know, these days. And you got to – you got. we said it earlier, but Rudy Gobert has to be Miles Turner's measuring stick of what it's going to take to be defensive player of the year. So I love the fact of saying, hey, man, I'm not going to back down to you. I'm not like your little brother or anything like that. I'm coming for that award. I'm coming for you tonight. And and that's just exactly what the Pacers did. And that's the kind of kick in the butt that I think that this team needed to say, hey, let's stand up to these teams. We're not going to just get pushed around, especially, you know, on the road, which they've struggled with. Absolutely. So let's take a quick break, Fachi. There's going to be no recap from that Denver game. Obviously, it was a big disappointment, but we only want to talk about this Jazz game because it is the most relevant thing, and that 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 Nuggets game is over with. So we'll be right back, and when we come back, we're going to do our Fan of the Week, Zachary Barnett, right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to Setting the Pace. And on a new segment we're going to introduce this week, it is our fan highlights. So we have, you know, went through a bunch of different listeners of Setting the Pace and got their information and said, hey, would you be interested in coming on the show? And we've got a lot of positive feedback. So without further ado, our first uh, fan highlight for Setting the Pace, the one and only Zachary Barnett. Zach, what's going on, man? I mean, I'm just in between classes. I got project management about 30 minutes. So just like taking a step back to relax for a few before I have to get back in the zone. No, I absolutely understand that, man. So uh, really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I guess my first question for you would be is, how did you become a fan of the Indiana Pacers? I've lived in Indiana my whole life, but my first memory as a sports fan in general was watching Pacers games on like local TV, like channel three or whatever, like C- whatever the CBS or WRTV four, whatever it was at the time. And I remember like loving the game of basketball. So like my dad and I would just sit there and watch games, whatever you get off work. Um, and then obviously once you're a fan of a team, even through the Jim O'Brien era, the Nate Bjorken year, like you're not going to give up on them. Um, and I know Twitter wants to give up on them, but just wait it out. There's a there's light at the end of the tunnel, I think. So, absolutely, Zach. If we give up on the Pacers, then then who's left to stay on board? Because sometimes it comes down to just a few people saying, "Hey, we're going to write this ship." But what would you say might be maybe? your fondest memories of the Pacers, a favorite era or team? So as much as it didn't work, I loved the 0405 team. Of course. I, I, I always play as them when I play like my old PSP handheld NBA 06. I always like try to recreate them in the most like modern sense possible in like 2K because for me, I always loved the tenacious defense, but also like they always had this attitude, like stack was always just like in your face. And we saw glimpses of like TJ Warren being that in the bubble and even like pre COVID where he was like kind of a hothead for like a couple of weeks there. Like that. I remember the Boston game where I swear I thought he was going to punch a ref and I I remember like the Miami Heat games where like he would be so frustrated being guarded by Jimmy Butler that you like, it's going to happen. Like something's going to break here. Um, so it was always that fire and passion from that team. Obviously, you know, that boiled over after 14 games where um, 
the most like like terrifying moment in professional sports history happened. But like at the end of the day, like that was by far my favorite team. Um, I like the guys they have now, but it doesn't compare. Like there's not enough personality compared to what we had then uh, to what we have now. That might be the biggest uh, understatement that I've heard on this podcast in a while because that's so true. Uh, this team's personality is pretty pretty basic, right? I mean, very vanilla, not not much love there. So, Zach, I got to ask you, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Give me your biggest hot take about this 4-8 and eight Pacers team as we're recording right now. I said it at the beginning of the year, and I'll say it now. If Warren's back by Christmas, the team will still win 50 games. Wow. Yeah, I mean, hey, woo, keep going. I I really think that 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 is the missing piece. Um, a sixth, like B B plus player, because we've seen what we have with Duarte, and he's exceeded what I expected from him. I thought ten points a game, and we're killing it. But he's exceeded that, and his defense has actually been better than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, you have Warren, who's a 20-point-per-game scorer, assuming, like, you know, knock on wood, that last year doesn't happen where you lose every player down the stretch for 20 games. I think the team could still win 50 games because that's just who Carlisle is as a coach. And I still think there's enough firepower on the team to, like, especially when their schedule gets easier. I know fans are harping on the 4-8 and eight start, but, like, you know, you play what, 11 games in 16 days, and then, you know, you have to go back-to-back Denver, Utah. Like, that is absolutely brutal. And, like, that's not even factoring the two Toronto games, which is probably the most physical team in the NBA at this point. So, yeah, I, I still think this team can win 50 games. I said it on my own podcast. I thought they'd be, like, 54-28 and 28 at the end of the year. 50-32 and 32 doesn't seem like it'd be that hard for this team to accomplish. Hey, I think I felt a, a drop of sweat come down my head on, on that hot take over there. But I love it, though, because <laughs> if the team could get it going, I mean, it's going to be so much fun. But to your point over here, we've been in just about every single game. We just haven't been able to close them out. Pacers have five losses this year by a combined 12 points. So, I mean, we're, we're right there. We're a play away. But what's been maybe your biggest frustration with this team so far? Uh, not giving the young players enough run, like either give Goga playing time, get him out of town, like give O'Shea playing time or get him out of town. Like I understand like we brought in Tory Craig for a reason. I understand that you got to stagger Miles and Domas, but like when Domas and Goga play together, they actually don't seem horrible on the court together, but it's when you throw together a lineup, like uh, when, they played against the Spurs and actually let the Spurs kind of back into the game where it was like Goga playing with, you know, Jeremy Lamb and, you know, a bunch of other people who really like no ball handler. Like I don't even think McConnell was in the game. And it was just like, okay, so you expect Jeremy Lamb to handle the ball. That ain't going to work. Um, I think my other big thing is just like, I, I love Jeremy Lamb. He's one of my favorite players on the team because he has the, attitude and the spunk but it's like almost bad for him like if he doesn't have the attitude where and he like actually shows he cares on defense 
he's such a different player, but I, I don't know if he's just not bought in anymore where he's just like, look, I've got a kid now. I, you know, I'm just not I'm collecting my paycheck and leaving type of thing. I don't know what it is, but if he would just buy back in to what we had. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast, what you got going on on your side of things and maybe what are some of your goals? I know you're into uh, sports media. It seems like over there with IPUI. <laughs> so give us a little bit of insight on what you're up to. Yeah. So uh, I have my own podcast called the six man pod. Um, it's really just like a passion project. Uh, been like my goal is to interview a fan of every NBA team and finding Pacers and Cavaliers and Bulls fans is really easy. But like I found a jazz fan from like Roanoke, Virginia. I found like a Cav uh, or a Clippers fan who I'm going to talk to later tonight from uh, Friedbot, Virginia. And then like, uh, so I have that one. And then I also have a spin it to win it podcast, which is all about music history. Because oh, um, cool. even though I love basketball, my second love is music and music history as a whole. Favorite, so, favorite group or band? I, I'm curious. I love the grunge era. So like okay. any of the big six out of that uh, for me are like just A tier music. Mm-hmm. Um but we basically each week we pick an album and we listen to it, you know, top to bottom. We review each song. We talk about the history of each one, the who produced it, all that. So uh, that's actually done by my friend uh, David Yanarella. He's based out of uh, Delaware now. So um, we do that. And then, yeah, if you are comm major, so I'm just staying busy. I'm taking a uh, obviously Jag Sports Zone workshop. So you, you might see me post the highlights of that once a week. Um, and I've been doing interviews with athletes and I get interview coaches. Uh, Matt Crenshaw's in his first year as a basketball coach here. They played Butler really tough on uh, Tuesday for opening night. So uh, they play my former school, Evansville, on Friday. So I might sneak down to Evansville for, the, for that game and uh, – Hopefully they beat the tar out of the aces is all I got to say. Super cool stuff. I studied communication studies as well. So went through some of the stuff you went through, but Hey, keep at it. Sounds like you're very well diverse. You got a lot of stuff going on. So appreciate you fitting us in between uh, your next class coming up. And at the end of the day, just keep up the awesome work and keep rooting on these Pacers. Yeah, man, I got to be one of the, you know, 10,000 people there, whatever we're averaging right now. (laughs) And close to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think just to kind of wrap it up, you said you got that big game um, with IUPUI facing Evansville. So, Fachi, I want you to go ahead and give it to him. What do we call this type of game? Uh, We're going with a revenge game over here. We're going with a what what kind of revenge game? A cold dish being And I And I got to throw this in here. (laughs) After I said a Tory Craig revenge game, he did not score another basket against Denver last night. So got to throw that out there. Okay, well, there we go. The Fachi curse is back. Hey, hey, as long as KJ Pruitt balls out on Friday, uh, IUPUI has something to look forward to is all I got to say. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We're going to tell you a quick break. We'll be right back after this. All right, Fachi, it's been a fun episode. Good to meet Zach and get to know him a little bit better. And also just a great one by the Pacers. We can't say it enough, but we got to tell the people where they can find us out on social media, Fachi. So hit them up. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. 
You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And you can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. And I want to give you all a great shout out. I think we've had at least 17 or 18 emails drop for screenshots, saying they're sending ratings and reviews for the podcast. And we're not done yet. We're at like, I think we got like 30 over the past couple of days. So y'all are doing a fantastic job of getting those ratings and reviews up for us. I'm saving it for the end of the podcast today because don't want to overwhelm you every time we start a show off talking about ratings and reviews. But once again, thank you all so much for the kind words. The five-star ratings really helping us grow. It really means a lot. And uh, we haven't reached our 175 goal yet, but we are on our way there. I think we're around the 142, 144 mark, something like that. So don't stop. If you know people that haven't given us a nice five-star rating interview, hit them up. Say, hey, go give Set in the Pace a five-star rating interview. But with that being said, Fachi, if you are super pumped to see the new Unleashed Miles Turn, say these three words. Let's go pastry. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.